By the way, I noticed that my SDSU fan friend, Eric, was not in church on Sunday. <laughs> because you don't own any red, Eric. Yeah, it is very true. That is a garbage color. Yeah, uh, I'm aware. <laughs> oh, um, I'm kidding. That was a joke. Mine was not a joke. That is there a garbage is. color. <laughs> Well, welcome to the Cut for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay. I'm joined by Eric Stearns. I'm downstairs in the Parsonage office, um, and Eric is at his home, and we're meeting over Zoom, but uh, it's good to be together. I apologize for our, our gap last week. I took some days of vacation and decided to really take them, and so sorry to leave you hanging um, uh, for a week, but uh, we're back together to talk about Pentecost, to talk about the work of the Spirit in our lives and the Spirit in the church, and just... Uh, Kind of get a, get get behind the curtain of some nuts and bolts stuff about about sermon preparation um, and kind of how I was taught that in seminary and so it would be a good conversation. Let's get into it. Sounds good. About the only thing I really cut um, last week and like because we didn't have an episode last week, um, it kind of gets hard to talk about. But I did have a line tying last week's sermon to this week's sermon that ended up getting cut for time. Um, you know, because last Sunday was about the big, hairy, audacious prayers of Jesus, like that Jesus mm-hmm. prays these hard things over the, over the disciples, that they would be committed to their faithfulness, that they would stay united. Because there wasn't a whole lot that united them outside of the work of Jesus in their lives. And so now that Jesus is gone, what's going to happen? We don't really mm-hmm. know yet. And so Jesus prays, which, you know, fair, which is what we should be doing just by the way. Um, but what what really allows these prayers to become truth like jesus prayed these things over the disciples but that's up to the like it's up to god and the disciples at that moment like jesus can pray these things all jesus wants to but the disciples and they they even did try like they tried to go back to their lives as they knew it and in 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 john 21 where they try to go fishing again and jesus interrupts and then redirects them because you know he's jesus and he's with them and and wanted to reveal himself to 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 them one more time um before they really kind of got it and it all sunk in um you know but this could have been an alternative timeline there there could have been an alternative timeline where the disciples try and then give up but yet jesus prays this over these disciples and what really empowers jesus's prayer is the work of the spirit um what 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 allows these prayers to become truth is really the holy spirit working in their lives because in john 14 when jesus promises the holy spirit when he promises the helper he promises the advocate he says that the holy spirit is going to call to their minds all these things and remind them of all that jesus has taught them and it's the holy spirit that's going to be their strength in these tenuous moments where they're at these you know personal and professional crossroads of who really am i um, and so what really allows these, these, this, these big, big, hairy, audacious prayers of Jesus to be fulfilled is the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the disciples. Nice. Yeah. I was pretty proud of that when I was writing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good job. It ended up not working out to say in the pulpit. So. so the one question that came up for me while listening to this uh, was... How on earth do you come up with your uh, present day analogy? Or, uh, uh, analogies? No, uh, that's not the right word. We'll go with that. Right. This um, one felt a little more off the off the wall than than normal. 
So let's hear it. <laughs> I'm going to hear that as a compliment, I guess. Yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Kind of how this started was that I was thinking about like just putting myself in the place of the disciples. Um, really, mm-hmm. really first and foremost, starting from that as my starting point of just this is all happening around them. The crowd around them is celebrating. It's the Feast of Weeks. It's this, you know, this festival designed for for planting and and agriculture, and then also the law. And they're, you know, they're they're all celebrating around them. Like it wasn't. I mean, it maybe wasn't an unreasonable suggestion to think that they'd be drunk at nine o'clock because everyone's having a party around them, and you know, party on. Um, you know, and how would the disciples really have been feeling? Like just given everything that they have been through, they may not be wanting to celebrate and Mm -hmm. absent of being or not wanting to be the skunk at the garden party. They are in an upper room. They're sequestered. They're, they're off by themselves. They, they don't want to, you know, just because other people around them are having a good time. It doesn't mean that they, they're, that they get to ruin their good time. You know, and so they 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 separate themselves. They're in this upper room. And so how would they have been feeling? You know, they're 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 around these people that are really drawing their identity and drawing their power from the idea of the law and just what God has been doing this entire time through salvation history. But they know better than the crowd does what Jesus was all about. Like the Jesus was about these about bringing salvation to to these people around them, but also to the entire world. And they've had this period of time between the resurrection and the ascension, this 40-day period of time where Jesus has continued to teach them that power is going to happen, that something's going to happen, that they're going to be empowered by something. And for them, the law just isn't it anymore because they know who Jesus is. They, they have claimed that identity. They are grounded in that identity. And so they were looking for a power source. In the midst of this, they were look. They they knew they were going to be empowered. They knew it was coming soon, so they're looking for that power source. And so I started thinking about a time in my life when I was looking for a power source, and I could have gone in a bunch of different directions. But this story of Eddie's birthday party really stood out to me. I mean, it was kind of um, you know a, a day where it was just a lot of work, and it was a lot of work that I wasn't necessarily looking for. Um, or prepared to do. And yet it was work that I got to be a part of. And then so, you know, just kind of that idea of finding a power source and like really that silly little song from Wonder Pets. I mean, on that day, it was our power source because there was a lot of work to do. And Edward was being a little bit of a child because he's a child and was kind of whining. And so he started singing that song. And so that turned into like our, you know, we, we, we went our chat at least cause I wasn't a dad yet. Chad went into dad mm-hmm. mode of like, okay, this is the teachable moment. Like this is the thing that we can hang on to. And so what's going to work teamwork became our, our motto for the day. And so then turning that into the, the, the Hebrew believers were drawing their power from, from the law and then what's going to work for us is spirit work, is the work of the spirit in our own lives and, and really being empowered by that same Holy Spirit in the same way that the disciples were. And so that's where, that's the direction we decided to head this time. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, your, your, your sermon structure is relatively the same every week. Mm-hmm. Um, do those, I'm, I'm curious, do those, those personal life stories, um, 
do they typically come to you pretty quickly or does, is that sometimes the hardest part of writing your sermon or how does that typically go? Once it starts coming, it starts coming. Um, you know, there are okay. some times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to write my sermon today. And I stare at a blank word document for about half an hour and say, I'm going to do something else for a while. And then I'm too afraid of the white blank word document staring in front of me. And so I go on and do other things for the rest of the day that are still what I need to do to, to function in my job, but also not what I had intended for the day. Um, and so they can't, that can be. And then there are some times where like, I will just, I'll open up the word document and I will like, if I have an idea of somewhere else I want to be in the sermon, if I want to dig into something in the scriptures and I can figure, I can kind of retrofit it or, or, or construct it backwards Mm -hmm. of like, okay, here's this, you know, page and a half of stuff that I wrote about scripture. That's really, you know, that I think is good at least. Um, So now knowing that I kind of go through the Rolodex of my brain and say, you know, what, how can we get there? How do we build that bridge from, you know, something personal and then to 10 and then to me? Um, because when I was in seminary taking preaching class from Randy Moss, which I just kind of like to mention his name is Randy Moss. I mean, that was M-A-A-S-S. Um, well, you can tell your story any which way you want. So it could be M-O-S-S. Yeah. yeah I had Randy <laughs> Moss for sermon prep. It's fine. You know, no big deal. Um, no, Randy is just like, you know, you, you preachers can buy a big book of illustrations and preachers. And, and that's that's a fine thing to do. I, I don't want you to hear me going after preachers that do it a different way. Um, but just Randy really instilled in us the idea that personal stories uh, bring people into the story or into the story of scripture more than, you know, an illustration that you got out of a book. And like, I'm not going to say that that hasn't happened, that there, there hasn't been something that I like, even on like give next Sunday is Trinity Sundays where you're talking about the Trinity and like, I'm going to be opening worship itself with an old preacher joke about, you know, there being an old farmer that only goes to church one Sunday, uh, one Sunday a year. And it's Trinity Sunday because he likes seeing the preacher as confused as everybody else. Like that's going to be <laughs> how we start worship on Sunday. And that's an old story from an old book that I heard a long time ago in seminary. I have no idea where I heard that story from. I just know that story, mm-hmm. um, you know? And so if that's, I mean, if, if, if but that, but it came from a book somewhere, like sure. it wasn't really an old farmer that talked to a Baptist preacher and, you know, and, and it, it's, it's just a story. Um, but I just, I, I find that I connect better to the text when I'm looking at my life, the word of God. And like, because like my life is not unique. Like I, I get mm-hmm. that my life's not unique. Like if I tell a story about like a kid's birthday party, we've all been there. Like if, if we're, <laughs> if we're moms and dads, we've been there. If we're grandmas and grandpas, we've been there. If we have friends with kids, the likelihood, just like I was like, I wasn't a dad, but at that point, um, but Chad was Chad, was Chad's a dad, you know? And so, and Chad was asking his friend for help we've been in that position too. Like there's a universality in the, you know, in, in the common, like we, it's Mm -hmm. a common thing that we've all been a part of, like, or we've been to a kid's party and said, Oh my gosh, how did you pull this off? What's going to work? Teamwork. You don't do it alone. (laughs) You know, that kind of, kind of an idea, you know, there, there, there's, there's a connection point in, in those personal stories. Cause like, even, I mean, even though they're my stories, like I know that they're not unique to my, to my lived existence. I'm not that cool. So, 
um you know oh but, don't sell yourself short clay oh i think we know <laughs> I, I think we all know the truth there so i'm not, i know i'm not that cool so mm-hmm. but so that and that's just kind of my personal preference um is to start with a personal story or uh, or to start with a factoid or um there there's also and this kind of goes back into randy moss's preaching class of personal story um interesting fact or shocking statement um you know because like randy moss was telling us the story he has a sermon about david and your uh, david and bathsheba his opening line is a man woke up one morning and decided to murder his best friend mm-hmm. that's how the sermon starts because that's what david did you know david saw uriah's wife and couldn't control himself and so got her and then you know constructed this situation where Uriah was oh so conveniently moved to the front lines of battle and then oh accidentally died whoopsie you know problem mm-hmm. solved that's kind of how I learned to preach in seminary and so that's just kind of the the model I kind of kind of attached myself to and just think about that that's the king after God's own heart right yep if he can screw up that bad right uh-huh you said that a few times exactly. but exactly yep that's the man after God's own heart back to kind of your sermon prep um, another thought I had, you know, so obviously we do Pentecost every single year, yep. um, along with a bunch of other stuff every single year. Yep. Are those sermons harder to write? hundred percent. Yes. Like not so much Christmas, like Christmas Eve and Easter are, are more of a challenge, um, because they're with, especially with Christmas Eve, you're dealing with stacks on stacks on stacks of memories. Like everyone remembers their favorite Christmas Eve or some amalgamation of your favorite Christmas Eve's plural and the best parts of all of those wrapped into one ball. So you're fighting all kinds of muscle memory and you're also fighting the most famous story ever told. I'm sorry. The birth of Jesus is the most famous story ever told, Mm -hmm. you know, virgin birth, you know, scared mom, dad that doesn't, you know, last very long in the store. Like it's, it's, it's just this perfect storm of a story. Pentecost has that, but not to the same degree. I mean, mm-hmm. people probably know the story, but also it gets into like the weird spirit stuff, like that people don't quite know what to do with sometimes. Um, and Almost so all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, yes. That's absolutely a thing. Um, and so Pentecost has that a little bit, but also we do do Pentecost every year. And it also feels like a surprise every year that there's a thing that there's a day called Pentecost. Um, Cause like even on Sunday, like our, our newsletter went out this week and I, on the very front page, I, I pro- wrote an article about Pentecost and what it is and why we celebrate it and how we're going to celebrate it by wearing red on Sunday. Yet there were people surprised that it was Pentecost. Like mm-hmm. even though it was in the newsletter, it was in the last week's bulletin. It was on our social media, but then they were just like, well, what do we do on Pentecost? And like, I had a member that was that accidentally wore a red shirt and she's like, Oh, I thought I was supposed to wear purple because it was Pentecost. No, it's red. Good job. You did it, you know, accidentally, but you did it, you know, you, you Mm -hmm. did the thing. So, you know, that Pentecost doesn't have that at least in the minds of most people, but as a preacher, it's incredibly challenging to like, how do I take, and like, you know, there's, there's resources out there. There's a thing called the revised common lectionary that a lot of churches follow. Like the lectionary text for Sunday was the acts two text, but there was also a passage from first Corinthians 
uh, one of the Psalms. And then some, it was also the creation story, um, you know, because the spirit of is, is this, the Holy spirit is active in the moments of creation um, at the beginning of creation. And so there are other angles with which to take it, but I, 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 I have never not preached X two on Pentecost Sunday. I'm just, that's just all there is to it. Like it is that, it is that foundational of a story for us as people of faith and, and people of Christian faith. Like this is really where the division starts. The division won't be formalized or finalized for very, for a very long time, but you have these Jewish folks celebrating this Jewish festival, which festival that also in Greek translates to Pentecost, but then you also have the coming of the spirit. And like, this is where the two roads diverge. Like sure. this is where, the, this is that moment. This is where the roads diverge because the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's still a part of the Abrahamic faith tradition, but not like this. The Holy Spirit's doing something new and different on Pentecost that the Christians pick up on and our our Hebrew brethren just never do. Um, you know, the, the Spirit is alive and active throughout the entire Old Testament. Like, do not hear me wrong, especially because this Sunday's Trinity Sunday, where we're talking about the three persons of the of the Trinity. Um, you know, but it's 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 something so much bigger and so much something more dynamic that is happening here, and the people of God properly are missing it. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. okay. That that stems another question. And you're in the sermon on Sunday, you had mentioned that this fulfilled a prophecy, and I cannot remember which prophet that was. Joel. Expand on that, please. So in the book of Joel, so Simon Peter, the so the crowd accuses the disciples of being drunk and saying, you know, oh, don't listen to them. They're just full of whatever. And Simon's like, or Simon Peter's like, well, no, we're actually not full of of of, of spirits. We're full of the spirit, the singular. We're full of, full of the Holy Spirit. We're not drunk on the, in a natural sense. We're drunk in a supernatural sense, and we're and, and it's on purpose because we are in the way that they're about to proclaim um, the gospel. They are fulfilling the words of, of Joel. It says that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Like that's what's happening. The Holy Spirit is available now to everybody in the entirety of the story. Like everyone could have had the wind and the fire and all of the things if they recognized it. And and 3000 of them will go on to do exactly that. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Um, Even upon my servants, men and women, I'll pour out my spirit. And on those days, they will prophesy. Like they are, the disciples are proclaiming the work of God. They are doing prophetic ministry in that moment. Like they're not like we, we hear the word prophecy and think of like future predicting, but that's not all that that word means. Like prophecy is in one sense, the proclamation. You know, and so they are, they are doing the work of proclamation. They are doing the work in spite. And like the only reason that they're able to do that is by the spirit is because it's the spirit empowering them and giving them the wisdom that they need for that moment. And so in this moment, in this way, they are fulfilling the words of scripture because God promised through the prophet Joel to send the spirit. And then that this pro- this public ministry would start to happen. And that's exactly what has happened here in this story. Do you think Simon Peter realizes that he's fulfilling a prophecy when when he starts preaching? I think that Simon Peter was aware of what he was saying. Like, I don't think that the Holy Spirit took over his brain and just made him say stuff. But I mm-hmm. do wonder if the wisdom 
of that moment was not spirit inspired. Like the, sure. the, the Holy spirit called those things to Simon Peter's mind in the way that Jesus promised the spirit would do. That was a revelation from God and not just Simon Peter carefully crafting a message in the same way that, that I, that I, as a preacher do, because there are, there are some preachers that preach off the cuff and are very good at it. I'm not one of those people. I know who I am. So, um, so I, 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 I think, I think the answer is yes um, sure. to that, to, 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 to that Simon Peter was aware, but also aware because of the spirit mm-hmm. um, that was, that was at work in that. Gotcha. I was at a different Christian bookstore a while ago and I saw like I saw the the a cart that had the three persons of the godhead on 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 each of the shelves and like there was a section on god and a section on jesus and a section on the holy spirit what was so funny to me was that the section on the holy spirit was just an empty space <laughs> the books about Jesus leaned this way. The books about the next topic leaned this way. And then the middle was just this open spirit of the Holy Spirit. And like, it kind of gave me, you know, uh, if you were a part of a certain Christian subculture um, growing up in the early aughts, uh, you would know, like when you're dancing with someone, you need to leave room for the Holy Spirit. I was um, never that told that. Not once. Mm-mm. I'm sure not, Eric. I'm sure not. Um <laughs> Um, but no, so uh, it gave me that vibe, but it was also just that they didn't have anything about the spirit in that entire bookstore. Like, and it was a decent sized bookstore and they did not have a single book that they could display on that shelf that was designated for the Holy spirit. And it just made me giggle to myself, which, you know, I'm a nerd and it's fine, but, um, it is definitely not easy to understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I understand it well. <laughs> 